We're going to go old school this morning. So what I mean by old school is we're not going to have a PowerPoint. And I did that on purpose today because I'm actually inviting you to open up your Bibles. There's pew Bibles that you can pop in front of you and follow along this morning. So I invite you to, to read along and pray and use your imagination this morning as we kind of go through some of this Christmas story. I'm going to interject some thoughts. I'm going to even ask a few questions. There's a couple points where there's audience participation, so if you feel bold in your imagination, you can shout out answers when I ask it to you. Um, And I'm going to give you some times to kind of pray and reflect, so I'll pause just a little bit here and there. So think of today's sermon as a guided devotional time. And I'm just going to ask that to pray for the sense of the Spirit in the midst of a, this hurried life. You could just relax. Just relax. Take a deep breath. And invite God's peace and understanding as we, as we enjoy, as we try to guide meaning once again from the Christmas story. I'm going to be using uh, bits and pieces from a devotional called Meditations on the Birth of Jesus. I want to give credit to that. So that was a great uh, launching point for my sermon. So we're going to turn to John 1, 1 through 5. These are page numbers are posted in your bulletin. If you've got your own Bible, that's fine. But we're going to be reading in the NIV and shouting out the page numbers for the pew Bibles, if that makes it simpler. So at page 1049, if you're using your pew Bible. I'm going to give everybody just a chance on the first one to to get there, and then we'll probably go a little faster as we, and you can prepare yourself for the next scripture uh, as we, as we, as you get a chance. So, John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So the first thing I want to do this morning is to acknowledge that Jesus is greater than just a human being that came and was born as a baby, as a human being. He was a being way before then, before the beginning of time. Jesus was. And Jesus is a life giver. He was involved in creation. And so when we think of Jesus, it has to be more than just the Bethlehem story. Now, it says here that Jesus was the light that shines in the darkness. Have you ever been in the dark? I mean, literally in the dark, first of all. Have you ever had your electricity fall out or you've been somewhere maybe? I used to go down and have to feed animals on the farm and sometimes, you know, the lights, I had to get to the lights or lights weren't working or whatever and you'd have to find your way. Sometimes you'd run into things, you know. It's just tricky being in the dark and you can hurt yourself if you're not careful. Do you remember being in there? you remember, you know, when you couldn't, had to get to the flashlight or get to the candle or something, you know? what the dark feels like in your life. Now, I would also ask you to imagine a time in your life where you were emotionally, spiritually, relationally in the dark. Even worse than being in the literal darkness, right? Maybe God seemed far away. Maybe there seemed there was no hope. 
or any change. The pain was just too much to take. So in one part of our mind, remember what it's like to be in physical darkness. And in one part of our mind, we remember what it was like to be in spiritual, emotional darkness. And that is why Jesus came. To be a light that penetrates our darkness. And just as light manages to manages our way in the world, it helps us to, to see things, so does Jesus give us direction and help through the dark times of our life. My friends, that is why he came. In him there is no darkness. There is just light. Let's now turn to Luke, chapter 1, 26 through 28. This is page 1012 in your few Bibles. Just three verses this time, and then we're going to be just forwarding a little bit further in that same section. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Use your imagination this morning. Ask the Lord to help you enter into this scene, what it was like for Mary. Picture the place where Mary was and what she was doing when the angel Gabriel appeared. You might have to fill in some blanks here that the scripture doesn't, doesn't tell us. And you're Mary, and you're sitting there, and all of a sudden, the angel appears. Okay, so those of you who are bold, you can shout it out. You don't have to be polite about it. What do you see as Mary sees this angel? What is, what is going on? What does is, what is Mary see? Anybody? Want a shout out? An answer or two? Light? Yeah, light. That's one of the things Mary is seeing. Yeah. What's that? Stranger, yeah. Maybe a little fear? What's what's going on inside of her head? What do you what do you think Mary is feeling right now? Fear? Hope? What? Overwhelmed. Yeah. Feel pretty overwhelming, wouldn't it? And then notice how her change in her demeanor as the angel speaks to her. Now, I don't want to overcompare ourselves to Mary here. But I have to believe that God's word for you today may not be that much different than Mary's. Now, I realize the circumstances are totally different. And if you want to, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes if you're so willing here. Close your eyes and imagine the angel appearing to you. And hear these words from the angel. Greetings, favored one. 
the Lord is with you. Sit with that a second. Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. You can open your eyes if you want to. Oh, those words. Did a little bit of joy fill your heart when you heard those words this morning? Respond to those words. My friends, I am telling you that in some way or another, God is saying to you, you are favored. You are special. Not that you've done anything to earn that specialness. In fact, if anything, you've probably done more to to reject it. But it does not matter. You are favored in God's eyes. You are special to him because he says so. And he has not abandoned us. I realize that as we walk through our days sometimes, it maybe feels like he's abandoned us. Life can be hard. Life can be busy. Life can be challenging. I get it. And we need that word from the Lord reminding us in the midst of all of that, He is right there. And, but it's just up to us. What are we going to do? Are we going to embrace those words? Or are we going to reject those words? Are we going to believe those words? Or are we going to just doubt and walk away? Those words seem to have lost meaning for many of the people in our, our world. But we are the church. We still hold to that promise. Greetings, favored one. For the Lord God is with you. My desire is I would respond similar to Mary later in verse 38. She says, here I am, servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Oh, wow. So now we turn to our last section in the main passage for reflection. Luke 2, 1 through 19. This is just, if you were following any few Bibles, this is just like a couple pages or a page later, 1014. I'm going to be reading these in sections, but we're going to keep moving through all 19 verses. So if you're following along, you might want to keep your finger where every time I, in the place where I stop and talk a little bit. So let's begin. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinus was the governor of Assyria, and everyone went to their own town to register. Okay, let's pause there for a moment. Imagine being Joseph and Mary at this point in their life. They've probably lived through some gossip, some ridicule. I mean, after all, the father was the father, yet he wasn't the father. You know, 
shepherds and angels and what's going on with this family? And now they've been told they have to travel some 90 miles away. Ninety miles is quite a, a long ways away when you don't have a car and you're nine months pregnant, right? Imagine women, women, those of you who have been pregnant, imagine being nine months pregnant and being in that situation. Men, if you've had a, a someone, if you had a spouse, if you had a nine-month partner with you, Imagine being, I don't know which is worse. No, I'm sorry, women, that's, I shouldn't say that. I wouldn't trade places with you, women. So Joseph also went up from the town of Galilee, picking up here. So Joseph went on from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David because he belonged to the house and line of David. And he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. So imagine when you arrive after this 90-mile journey, which I'm sure took frequent stops. Well, you know why, right? <laughs> and the only place you can find is a stable for animals. There's no hot shower waiting for you. So maybe this is a cave. Uh, theologians kind of wrestle with that, but let's say it's a cave. Imagine a cave where you're going to find shelter for the night. Okay, so here's the really challenge. I did this with some kids in front of the other day, so we'll see if the adults can do it too. So you walk into the cave. What sounds do you hear? So here's your chance to hear your favorite barnyard animal. Everybody, ready? Ready? One, two, three. There you go. That's what you hear when you walk in. And, you, and this baby comes, and you look at this baby, and on one hand, the baby is ordinary. I mean, it's just a baby. And yet there is something telling you that this baby is extraordinary. This baby was just born. And yet this baby is as old as time itself. Right? He was born in the darkness of a cave. He would be the light of the world. Something has happened. Something special. But while human circumstances are very meek and lowly, heavenly beings cannot contain themselves because of the unbridled joy the angels are experiencing at this point. Let's keep reading. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good tidings that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. 
And then suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. So while the wise men had not really entered the picture yet, the wise men were far off. The lowly shepherds were the first to hear the good news. Imagine an angel speaking and saying these words, and then this heavenly choir just singing their lungs out. They would be the first to see the Messiah. up again and when they had seen him they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child and all who appeared it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them but mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart i want to go back a few verses here i want something that caught my eye we know this line glory to god in the highest heavens and on earth peace and my translation niv here says to those whom his favor rests. There's that word favor again. Favor. So there's a couple things we ought to note for ourselves here. There's still something new in this story, even though we've heard the story so many times, there's still something fresh here. And we're supposed to respond not so different than the shepherds responded to the angels. As we look down on this precious baby, with God as his father, Mary as his mother, we lift our praises. Glory to God in the highest. And you know why we lift our praises and sing glory to God in the highest? Because there is a peace that can come upon us when we experience God's favor. But until you embrace God's favor, doesn't mean other people aren't favored too. It just means that you are favored. If you know the good news, you are favored in an extra way because you know the good news. I don't know about you, but sometimes I get emotional when I think about that. Sometimes I want to shy away from that. Sometimes I'm like, oh, no, that's not true. The Lord God places his favor on me. That's pretty cool. That's pretty amazing. That is why you are not in darkness anymore because God has shined his light on you with his favor. doesn't mean we don't have hardship or pain. I get all that. Our lives are still tough at times. But his light is there. So let me ask you one more time. Close your eyes if you're willing and reflect on three things in order. 
Number one, let his light fall on you. Let his light fall on your skin. Let it come down. You know the warm light you feel from the sun sometimes when you're cold? And you feel that light coming down on your skin. Oh, how that feels good. Only this is a heavenly light. This light does more than just enwrap our skin. It it goes deeper. It penetrates into us. And then as you feel that light coming on you, we go to the second thing, and that is that there's a peace that comes up within us. Now, it's inside of us. This peace is actually inside of us because God's favor has penetrated our hearts and our souls. And God has said to us, you are favored, blessed one. What did I do? I didn't deserve that. I didn't earn that. I didn't. Yeah, you didn't. I didn't. Let that peace of God be within you because God favors you. There is something that happens to us when his light shines on us and his peace rest comes within us and we feel favored. We respond with praise. We can't help it because it's so much beyond us that we didn't deserve it. So all we are left to do is just praise him and thank him for favoring us. Glory to God in the highest. Because His favor has rested on us. If you hold on to that, if you believe that, if you you cling to that at every moment of your day, you will make it through all the darkness. And in fact, Sometimes there won't be any darkness because the light just overcomes the darkness. This is the message of the Christmas story that will not die and we will not let it die. And every year we will proclaim it and sing it and praise it because God still declares favor on his people. Let us stand and respond with praise. Isn't it great when we can sing joy to the world and mean it? And it really comes from our hearts. Embrace the Christmas story. Read it again. Go home. Read it again. Enter into the story. And when you're done, let his light fall on you. Let his peace come up from within you. And experience God's favor in your life. And then respond in praise. Your life will will never be the same. Do this every day until Christmas. I challenge you. Have a great week.